Welcome to the Warner Brothers Podcast. My name is Keenan, joined by my brother Kyle. I know it's been a little bit since we did last week. We had some things, but chilling. How's it going, Kyle? Absolutely. Took a week off. Absolutely. I'm going to jump into a question that I've been... I talked to Joe DeZazzo about something that was interesting to me, and I want your thoughts. So first, what does it mean, like, when someone says they have a bag offensively? To you, what does that mean? That means they have an array of moves offensively. Um, Yeah, they got an array array of moves. moves, So there's, like, different ways you can... So basically... you got a crossover. You got you got a variety of crossovers. Like you know, if we're gonna shout out Joe Zazzo, let me shout out Chris Mitchell. Chris Mitchell's got a bag, mm-hmm. for sure. That's someone yeah, who, that's in our pickup basketball group. Uh, he's got an array of offensive moves. Uh, D Roy's another one. Uh, you, mm-hmm. I mean, you know what I mean? Like you just you got you got an array of skills. Like if you're if you're gonna compare that, we mentioned this guy a lot in here in the NBA. Kyrie would be the go-to, right? Like he's just got an unlimited bag. KD's got a bag, so yeah, array of, of excuse me, an array of offensive moves, an offensive okay. repertoire. All right, and so my and my question to you is this: I'm, I'm gonna actually kind of segue into it with something. What do you think? Does LeBron have a bag, and does LeBron have a big bag to you? First of all, don't ever ask me if LeBron has a big bag ever again. Big, uh, big bag. That's yeah, not LeBron crazy. has a bag. I think every it's just bag. That's a, just a bag. <laughs> I don't think it's pause worthy. It, sound, it just just sounds wild. But <laughs> I mean, just don't ever ask me if someone has a big bag ever again. But uh, LeBron mm-hmm. has a bag. LeBron has a bag. Uh, is his bag as deep as someone like Katie or Kyrie's? No. Uh, but it's there. I mean, he's definitely, it's funny. Like he's, he's the all time leading scorer, but it doesn't seem like he's got like the, the scoring package that, uh, like, like a Kobe, Kyrie, KD, Curry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, doesn't seem like he's got as much moves as them or as many moves as them, but he's definitely got a bag. I mean, he's just so strong and overpowering. He doesn't really need the handle and such. I mean, his handle's definitely mm. improved. And just the kind of athlete he is, it's weird. He he looks a little mechanical when he's dribbling and such and when he's, like, doing size-up moves compared to, you know, a guard like Kyrie or Curry. But, uh, I mean, it's LeBron. I mean, if he needed to develop an insane handle, mm-hmm. he would. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just like Giannis. Giannis looks funny doing moves, but at the end of the day, Giannis can – his handle's probably much better than – most of the leagues, so, you know what I mean. So does uh, how it looks but, also can. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're Giannis and go into it. I guess. I mean. I mean, like I was saying about Giannis, like him, him and LeBron are kind of the same. They don't really need many moves, right, to get to their spot. They can kind of just catch you off balance, do a little hesitation, and then boom, mm. they're where they need to be. You know, uh, but, you know, also Euro, Euro steps, that can be part of your bag. So I guess, you know, power and shit like that is a part of Giannis's and LeBron's bag. Uh, they're just, their offensive repertoire is just not as deep as someone like KD's, Kyrie's, MJ, Kobe, uh, you know, flat out scores like that, which is weird, again, to not call LeBron a flat out scorer. But, you know, I think he's in line with someone like Giannis and Shaq 
where their athleticism comes into play, you know? But as we've seen with LeBron, his athleticism has faded and which he's still a top notch yeah, athlete. But absolutely. you know, he's he's got a nice fadeaway, he's got a sidestep three. Yeah, I was just uh, LeBron's an interesting one for me. You know, all that, which you know, so his bag's definitely deeper than Giannis. His bag's definitely deeper than Giannis. You know, LeBron's so, interest like yeah. is interesting for me because when you're talking when you're talking offensive repertoire between like I'm just going to bring up KD because that was one of the names you said. Like, KD obviously can shoot. Mm-hmm. KD's a better shooter than LeBron is from three for sure. I would say LeBron has as much range as KD. Mm-hmm. LeBron, like, that's the one thing that I think people underrate a little bit with LeBron. Like, LeBron. LeBron's always had after deep Steph, range. For and after LeBron's Steph, after Lillard, honestly, Clay's show that he's had range too. Like, after those couple, Trey Young's up there as well. Like, LeBron's up there with anybody else range wise just because he's so powerful and he's actually pretty. LeBron's always loved yeah, the and he's pretty three. accurate with it. LeBron's always loved the deep three for whatever. But like, reason, yeah. so I was gonna say because Kevin Durant, I was gonna say because like with LeBron, you have he can turn over the left shoulder, he can turn over the right shoulder, he can drop step, he can get to the basket, he has a pull up, he can have a he now has a pull up mid range jump shot, has a side step three as you said. He just I guess I was gonna say because he has everything. But it's just weird because when you're talking like bag, you would never put him in like the upper, upper echelon. But he has everything, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's always, it always, yeah, it kind of, I mean, it's like sometimes it kind of can, just, it's just kind of like, what do you exactly mean by it? Because if it's like being able to do certain things, like LeBron can do damn near everything. There's barely not much he can't do. It's both hands at the baskets, fading over both shoulders, as I said. It's the mid-range. It's now the three-point shot. Like, especially as we've talked about, like, that 2016 LeBron, like, pretty much that one, which consistent with all that stuff, there's not really a part of the floor he can't touch and be effective with it offensively. So it's kind of like – but then when you think about it, you're like, okay, he's not Kyrie because he doesn't have that – in and out, hezzy, step back, and then get to, like, how he gets it. But, like, it's weird because it's just as effective. It's just not as pretty. Does that make sense? Right. Right. He's much, like, to think of someone of the past, it would be, like, Kevin Garnett. He could do anything yeah, on absolutely. the floor um, in, in a, probably a more fluid way than LeBron, but just didn't do it. You know what I mean? Like, he... He relied, not relied, but his game was very mid-range yeah. centric. He probably could have got to mm-hmm. the rim more. Probably could have used his handle more. Like he would have been most effective in a Draymond Green type role, but his teams didn't allow that. KG, uh, K, especially 08 LeBron, KG to and Draymond. My goodness gracious! I only say 08. I mean, 204 KG is a phenomenal. The year was yeah, phenomenal. KG. We might be talking about that later in a series, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, don't get me wrong. I understand how great KG was, but I just mean just because he was a little more aging, so his offensive game he wasn't looking to actually put like a bunch of points on the board. Him in that like pass first. Because he had better vision than people would give him credit for, because he didn't really see it as much. So that would be he would be really cool in that. Yeah, at, at really any cool. version of at, at any version of KG's career, he should have he should have looked to score mm-hmm. more. You know what I mean? He uh, he had all the tools, but he's a very unselfish player, and uh, 
you know, I mean, he's still a Hall of Famer nonetheless. But no, he's just someone who he could have been super dominant. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a sign of the times, too. Like, people wouldn't, mm. they would never play him at the five, even though he's probably taller than Shaq and Tim Duncan. He's probably, I think he's, he's at like least seven. Se- I really do. Uh, but they yeah, because I mean, he was like an inch taller than Tim Duncan, and Tim Duncan but, they always listed at six eleven for some reason. He was easily seven one, and he was like an inch taller than Timmy, so at least like seven two ish, roughly. Yeah, I think they, so. There's a video. I remember a video back in the day of the the throwback Celtics. We had Shaq. It was Shaq, Nate Robinson, I think Paul Pierce and KG. They were all like dancing to some. Like yeah. Some Rick Ross song or some shit like that, and it, like KG's behind Shaq, right? And Shaq's seven foot one, and you can see like the top <laughs> of KG's head over Shaq, like he's you know, just like towering over Shaq. You're like, and Shaq's seven one, and KG's listed yeah, at six eleven. You're like, no, nah, this dude's like at least same seven, thing two, when seven, they three. listed a KD at six and nine when he came an in. Incredibly like, yeah, sure fluid athletes. <laughs> like, can we stop lying? He's not six nine. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, don't get me don't get me started on Kevin Garnett. I could do like a whole whole breakdown of his game and just how how he moved as a player and everything. I love okay. love KG. Um, love fun Garnett. fact, I'm going to fun fact uh but what did what what did Joe Oh, we were I was going to say oh, no, we were just talking about like uh we were just talking about off uh cuz he sent this thing where a guy pours water for like Kobe and LeBron and like so, and like did that, and oh, yeah, so I was I like, that. I did, I agree with most of it, and I said he said most, and I was like, yeah, and I said the two things that I would have, I'll give LeBron a little bit more of was killer instinct and uh, offensive bag because I just feel like LeBron has more to his game than people give credit for. I think Kobe has a bigger bag, but I think that LeBron can do everything, and killer instinct wise, I understand that it had to be. Uh, developed in him rather than Kobe, who came in with it, as we've seen. But that doesn't negate the fact that he still has it. I would have just given. I'm not saying he's not. Kobe doesn't have more of that killer LeBron in him, but like has LeBron has definitely shown to be a killer, for sure. Took LeBron a minute, but yeah, you don't you don't want to face LeBron in a game seven or nothing like that. So any sort of elimination mm. game, at all. Um, wait, sorry, say that again. Oh, I said oh, you don't absolutely. want to face LeBron in a game seven. Oh, or any absolutely sort of not. He might be like take Bill Russell out of it because he's fake. Um, other than that, is there any better game seven player really you can think of? Like, there's probably there's people in the conversation. Obviously, I mean, like Mike's not there because he really didn't get too many game sevens. I think he played in two: once against the Knicks and once against the uh, Pacers. Um, but and then the Pistons, a cut one well, Pistons, but like. He didn't play in too many, like, game seven, so we don't really know. He did have do-or-die games, obviously, against the Cavs and things. But game seven, LeBron is... I think he dropped 55 in game seven. I think MJ might have dropped, like, 55 or 54 against the Knicks in a game seven. I'm not 100% sure on that one. I think he did go nuts, though. Um, but yeah, I was just like, like LeBron, you obviously game seven of the finals, you have the 29 point triple double game seven of the, like that's against the Warriors game seven against the Spurs. You had 37 and 12 hit that big shot at the elbow to ice it. Like you can go through a lot of these game sevens for LeBron and they're really, you don't want to see him cause he is a killer. Um, just cause he doesn't take the last shot as, as much as other people has. But anyways, that was kind of where the conversation had stemmed from, but we can move on 
from from LeBron in the offensive repertoire to let's move. Uh, let me move into it. I've been so excited about it. Uh, did you watch the women's college championship? I absolutely did. Yes. I let me start by saying I did not watch the men's, but I watched the okay, women's. Okay, I watched. Yes. Shouts yeah. to UConn, by the way, because yeah, they need to. Um, Shouts to UConn. That's what when I when I did watch college basketball, mm-hmm. that's one of my teams, and uh, you know I'm a ride or die for UConn's women's hoop. So uh, you know we're coming for LSU. <laughs> we're coming for LSU. We're coming for Caitlin Clark and all that next year. But no, I absolutely watched the women's game. Yeah, and did you? Um, they've got a true star in Caitlin Clark. I cannot wait for Caitlin Clark to get they to have the so, I can't There's wait for so it. much star power, and like Angel Reese is a star. Caitlin Clark is a supernova. Paige Beckers, who people haven't obviously seen this year, is next year is going to go nuts. I can already, I already know, because she was obviously they're all in the same class, and Paige was the number one talked about coming in freshman year and she Mm -hmm. won a freshman year she won the most outstanding player in college and they got to the final four that year but anyways so I love this for women's college basketball because it's perfect and for the women's game just in general like they've actually gained spectators they had like I think 10 million 10 million uh tuned into the championship game which is crazy which I think they said was more than any game in the I I believe they've outviewed yeah, no, I think you were about to say the same thing. I think they outviewed any NBA game yeah. this year, from what I've, from what I understand. I mean, ten million, yeah, yeah that'll do that, it. But uh, yeah, no, I am incredibly, I'm incredibly excited to see next year. First of all, like what where Caitlin Clark goes with her junior year, like if she can take them back to the uh, to the championship game, um, because they were completely overmatched by LSU. You could tell LSU definitely had a deeper team. Um, you know they've, from what I understand, I always been always been mm-hmm. a pretty good Big Ten team. I'm right; they're still in the Big Ten conference, uh, so I think they've always done well. Always perennially made yeah, the that was tournament. The first time they've ever been, there. Uh, and LSU's kind of always been, yeah, for sure. And LSU, Kim Mulkey, who's their coach? Uh, can't think of her fucking name off the top of my head. Kim Mulkey, she's a big deal. Like she's always she won a championship mm-hmm. at Baylor, so she's. You know, if not the, oh, she's not the best coach because it's Gino, but she's uh, probably the second best coach, and then to Double A for women's. If I'm Pat, I, oh sorry, right, sorry, I, mean, I thought right you now. meant ever. I was saying Pat Summit would be there, but yeah, right now she'd probably be she'd. No, yeah, yeah, ever, uh, yeah. It'd Pat be her Summit and Don and Staley uh, along with Gino would probably be through your. It'd be like Don your Staley, best absolutely. right now, but go on. So. So yeah, I mean they were overmatched in that regard, and just how. If you just look at the highlights, you you know you see Caitlin Clark pulling up from forty. Uh, it's incredible. She's got the Steph Curry factor, and KD does this a lot, where you get the inbound, you, you go up the court, no pass, you make a move on your mm-hmm. defender and drain a three in their grill. That's insane. That's an insane level of shooting. Doesn't I don't care matter. what level it's from you're at. Twenty eight, and you literally only see Curry do that. Yeah, exactly. You see Curry do that. You maybe see Damon Kyrie do that in the NBA. And, and KD more so, he'll just dribble up and pull up on you because mm-hmm. he can because he's 6'11", right? And uh, for her, she did that multiple times in that game where she'd go up, uh, make a move, step back, throw up a ridiculous shot, and it's yeah. net. And 
you know, multiple times she and a couple of her bench players brought it back. You know, they got some post players. Mm-hmm. Like, they got nice pieces, and she's crazy unselfish. Like, her passing ability is right yeah. there, too. Uh, she is very reminiscent. I mean, it's so cheap to say because I'm sure a million people compared to Steph Curry, but she really does, uh, is very reminiscent of his game to the core as far as the passing, as far as, you know, just the skill all around. Uh, she's incredibly fun to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. She is, Caitlin Clark is going to be one of the biggest reasons why, I uh, hopefully it ends up being one of the biggest reasons why the WNBA becomes more and more popular by the year. It's been gaining traction a little bit here and there. Obviously it helps when you have, like Vegas, obviously Vegas winning last year, that helps because Vegas is such a big market and you're able to have a team, the only sports team really out there. Obviously the Raiders just went there, but like the only sports team to win a championship out there. I believe, I don't think any hockey team has, if they have, I'm sorry. Uh, But anyways, so that's big. Obviously you have Caitlin Clark there. Angel Reese obviously made headlines because she did the John Cena, you can't see me, and then pointed out the finger as well to Caitlin Clark, and people were outraged about that as if Caitlin Clark didn't do that to Haley Van Lith the game before, or two games before. Um, I love it because Caitlin Clark. People were way more upset about it. People were way more upset about it than Caitlin Clark yeah. herself was. She didn't even care. She, she was care. like, yeah, whatever. People, people need fucking lives. People. So wait, so she did that to an opposing player. She didn't. Do, I thought nope. she did that to her bench. Okay, so Caitlin Clark nope. originally. Elite no, that Eight. Was they're playing Louisville. Haley Van Lith is the other star player on that team. They were going back and forth that game. Uh, there's a clip of her looking at Haley Van Lith. You could see it. She said, "Shut up. You're down 15. Like basically, don't talk to me. You're a down 15." Because Haley Van Lith will talk all game, every game to anybody, and then. After going to the bench, she was walking by and did the John Cena, you can't see me, to Haley Van Lith, who was walking by. And then to South Carolina, she was waving off people like, we don't care about her shooting threes from the outside. Obviously, she had 41 against them, too. So that's why Angel Reese went back at her and was like, like, you can't see me. And then, like, pointed to the ring finger like, yeah, and like, this is, we dropped 102 on you. Like, this is what we do. So that's why that's why it's like why is it a problem? Caitlin Clark did that to Haley Van Lith and Angel Reese did it to her. Like and Caitlin's like, yeah, no, it's it's fine. She's a tremendous player, like because she is. It stupid, but great game. Yeah, the media is whack. The media is whack. Social media is whack. Like people overblew it. I will say this because I did see the full clip. Like if you just saw the clip of Angel Reese doing it to Caitlin Clark. It doesn't mm-hmm. look like much, right? Uh, I did see the full clip where she's doing it for oh, a good 10 was, seconds as they're winning the championship, as time's running down. I'm looking at that. I'm like, it's kind of whack. But you know what? Mm-hmm. She's a 20-year-old student athlete. Like, whatever. You know, it's not a big deal. But when you're doing it for 10, 15 seconds as the clock's running down, kind of looks like that other yeah. player's living a little rent-free in mm-hmm. head. That's what it looks like a little bit. Uh, and I thought... And again, she's 20, so whatever. She's like chilling. she's living her life. She's she just won a fucking national championship. But she said one of her reasons for it was like Caitlin, as you said, Caitlin Clark like waving off South Carolina. She said the disrespect for mm-hmm. the other teams. I'm like, since when do people ever care what someone does to another team? 
especially a conference rival. I thought that was a little corny because yeah. I'm like, you really bothered by what someone's doing to another team? But whatever, you know, like in the spirit of just trash talk, though, I'm all for it. Like, I don't know how the fuck that was an issue. Loved every, uh, loved it should have never been loved an every issue. Second of it. Uh, I love it. I love, I love everything to do where women's college basketball is right now. And again, I'm not watching a ton of college basketball in general, but right now, women's college basketball feels like where the men's college basketball game was, I don't know, at least 10 years ago when it was semi popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, women's college basketball definitely seems at this moment more popular and more talked about than the men's it game. Is. I could be wrong about that. It is. But from my view, it seems like seems like the women's game's up here. And that's gonna do wonders for the WNBA once Caitlin Clark, once Haley Van Leith, once Angel Reese and the rest of them. That's all the same you know, class too. Paige uh, you know, a lot of these girls. That's all the same class. That's that that's literally yeah, that's like LeBron. That's amazing. That's gonna do. That's LeBron, that's gonna do wonders Bosch, for Wade, Mello in the same class for them. Like I mean, obviously, I'm. That's <laughs> what it is for. I think it's gonna be for the WNBA. And they're all incredibly skilled. All incredibly skilled. And that's not to take anything from the women of the past who are mm-hmm. in the WNBA right now, because there's, you know, you mentioned Vegas, like Kelsey Plum. I think they don't they didn't. Vegas yeah, just signed whole, Candace yeah, Parker. Yeah, I watched uh, Candace Parker. I was on Draymond Green's show. She kind of talked about that too. But yeah, no, they're they're loaded. It's going to be Vegas and the Liberty. Uh, the Liberty they got Brianna Stewart already having Jaquel Jones who was an MVP two years ago. Like there, it's gonna be that's right. and like that Sabrina girl. I can't. I never can pronounce her last name. But that's the Liberty, and then the Aces have Asia Wilson. I know it's they basically. An it was like the Warriors winning the championship in 16, then adding Kevin Durant is essentially what Candace Parker was adding. Like I said, like a little bit of that. I've, I've long said this. I believe, I don't even believe it's the, the product on the floor. That's, I don't want to say hindering the WNBA. Cause as mm-hmm. you said, it seems like they're growing as of the last yeah. three, four years, especially we'll say even five years. Um, but I feel like their marketing is not there. I do not feel like the marketing is there. They're always playing on ESPN mm-hmm. two rather than ESPN. That should change. League Pass is twenty four um, ninety nine, which makes it like you just. So like, yeah, I would okay. like to see them. I mean, I, I mean, I like it because that means I can just barely spend anything and watch all the games. But at the same time, what's that saying about the product? If you're not willing to like, you know, kind of thing. Well, I believe the reason why it's probably twenty five or twenty four ninety nine is because. Just because of their low level of games, yeah. you know, because they only play like 32 games, correct? So I can see that, but you know, in general, them having uh, them having a package with ESPN, ABC, ESPN, and them being mm-hmm. directly affiliated mm-hmm. with the NBA, uh, the NBA and Adam Silver should be putting much more money behind them as far as marketing. They have an incredible marketing team, as we know, and I think they do well with the WNBA and with. Uh, I guess college women's college basketball would be different, but I think the WNBA does well on Instagram yeah, and on social media. I really do. But as far as TV and that kind of marketing, I don't think it's up to par with mm-hmm. like the NBA. You know, I'd like to see them get more topics on a first take on Sports Center. Uh, you know, and that's without me really even watching those. I can guarantee you they don't discuss. You know what the Aces signing Candace Parker on their A block for sure. You know what I mean? Not even their B yeah. block. So I would definitely like to see them get more notice, more recognition. Um, Cause yeah, the women's game, the women's game is great. And it's like, more fundamentally sound. I'm, 
as I mentioned, Caitlin Clark is just so it's more fundamentally skilled. sound. Not that it not is that exactly. You have to She's like a, love. I mean, I understand. We watched the NBA not just for the fundamentals, but for obviously the athleticism. But at the same time, it is nice to see the ball movement, the backdoor passing, the screens. The, like that stuff, as an actual basketball fan, is nice to watch. And it's definitely more. They have to be so they are more fundamentally sound than a lot if, of the men's games are. I would say more like if you're going to get the shooting, the level of shooting that you're getting from Kaylin Clark and the flashy passes you'll be getting mm-hmm. from her and Paige Beckers, uh, like Candace Parker, she's a great passer. She's like yeah. a female Jokic. Like you don't even hear Candace Parker's passing mm-hmm. talked about enough. You know what I mean? Um, and there's plenty of girls like Skylar Diggins. Absolutely. She's got game. Like there's plenty of Bri- girls who play with, play with sauce and the WNBA. It's just not marketed. You know, I would say growing up, Keenan, mm-hmm. I would say like when I was a kid, I didn't watch the WNBA, but I absolutely knew who Lisa Leslie, yeah. Cheryl Swoops, all these women were, you mm-hmm. know, Cynthia Cooper, fuck who else, Diana Taurasi. And granted, they were all big in the college games. Yeah. You have to stay for three years. Um, I would like to see them at least lower that to two, if not get rid of it altogether. But I don't I think the women's college game is a good avenue for the mm-hmm. WNBA right now. So they should at least lower it to two. Keep, you know, keep these stars in college at least. I think that benefits them way more than the NBA, obviously, because they should just do away with yeah. any college, the NBA. But, uh, I mean, I think it's a good system for them right now, having these stars. Because, like I said, it seems like right now the dub- the women's college basketball game is bigger than the men's. And if you can use that and you can promote and you can market the correct way with the WNBA, yeah, they're going to have something for the next 10 years. They really will. And you're going to... You know, if Caitlin Clark and whoever else are your like your brightest mm-hmm. stars, and they're you know the main parts of their game is pulling up from thirty, uh, shooting in general, flashy passes. Guess what the next generation is going to be? And uh, you know we're already seeing that. And you know what? Honestly, Keenan, I mentioned Steph Curry. I think that's part of his influence yeah. on the game total. You know, I think because of what Curry did for the NBA, you're going to see that influence from Caitlin Clark all the way down to whatever the next generations are. <laughs> That is the women's game. So that is I something mean, that I love I've to see ne- it. I love to see go it. On, and you know, on. I was gonna say go that's ahead. just something you never that I didn't even really think about no, fully. Ahead. But like you're right, which could also again not that we're, we need to get into anything, but that could also make Steph arguably the most influential player ever because like it's not even just affecting men; it is affecting the women's game, and that's making the women's game more. Like without Steph, you don't fully get you don't get a Caitlin Clark comfortably. Like you might, you don't know. Like, but at the same point, I don't know if coaches allow it because like Steph made it okay to pull up from thirty and fine because people could do it before probably. Like I'm assuming that if Bird really tried, he could pull up from thirty pretty consistently. It's just that Steph made that actually like visually okay it's like oh man that's actually something people can do and then you see trey you see lillard you see a lot of these nba stars now are pulling up from the parking lot and then now you're it's trickling into the nba you're gonna get caitlin clark there's a uh there's a girl in high school and i can't think of her name right now but she she can shoot the lights out too same kind of range so it's like you're going to see it more and more, and that's interesting to think that maybe Steph may be a more influential just because he even did it trickled into the women's game as well. Someone like, obviously, LeBron couldn't do that because they can't jump and do things like LeBron. 
Yeah, I mean, Steph's game is definitely more, you know, it's more easy to emulate than LeBron's mm-hmm. or like an MJ of the past or anything like that. So, yeah, no, I mean, that's, you can, to me, that's what you yeah. see for the direct influences, people like Steph, Lillard, uh, Trey Young. But yeah, Steph being the main one for it, because I mean, he broke, he completely changed the yeah. way the game's played, you know? I mean, now it's on both sides, whether it's women's, men's. The most important thing is shooting in the three-point ball, and that's, yeah, that's directly attributed to Steph. Absolutely. And so going into that right in the NBA, um, I'm super, super excited for these last few games right now. The Clippers are up 71-52 on the Lakers. That game means a lot for seeding purposes. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how that second half goes. But I'm really interested to see how the West is seeded. In my head, I have a perfect way that I want it. But I don't know how you're feeling about – I'll ask you – actually, I'm interested to see. How do you feel about your Celtics right now? And then we'll go into the other portions. Honestly, I mean, whether it's the Celtics, whether it's the Bucks, whether it's the Sixers, mm-hmm. yeah, pick one absolutely. You know, right now. I feel – what was it? A month ago, really the last three weeks, mm-hmm. right? We recorded two weeks ago. I'd been saying I had Philly yeah. out of Boston. That might have changed a little bit. I have a little more confidence mm-hmm. in Boston. Uh, starting with, I believe when we had Camden on, the, they played the Kings before that, the night before, and they had a great game, yeah. like one of their best games in weeks. And they've been pretty, they've been more up than down since then. Philly's roughly been the same, but I I know Harden's just came back from injury, but it just does not seem like he's playing at the level that Maxi and Embiid are. I just don't know. It's really going to hinge on Harden for them. And the way he was playing prior to his injury was he was playing really well. He was, you know, playing point guard, which he's still getting his assists, but his level of aggression is not there. Now, last night they played the Celtics. It didn't even matter because Embiid went fucking insane. He went fucking insane. And actually Harden played better than he had in prior games. Yeah. Uh, and Maxi didn't bring it last night. But, uh, Celtics, wait and see. It's wait and see for them. I think we're going to get the best. If we're talking about the Sixers, I think we're going to get the best version of Embiid we've ever Mm -hmm. seen in the playoffs. And their success is going to completely hinder on whether Harden's ready, if he's he's healthy, uh, if he's going to bring it. Uh, Tobias Harris, is he going to – are we going to get 18-point Tobias Harris or are we going to get six points, two rebounds? You know, didn't get to the line Tobias Harris. You know, if he can at least give them 15 a game, boom, they're good. Uh, I I know last year when they were – I forget who they got eliminated by last year. And I know you asked me about the the Celtics, but I'm on the Sixers right now. But I forget who eliminated – he eliminated them. I remember it was the elimination game, and they were down, I think, double digits in the fourth. And the only two players who were really, like, going for it was Tyrese Mm -hmm. Maxey and Shake Milton. And B – I don't want to say he checked out, but he was not – to the level of intensity that those two were. And Harden was <laughs> prime, prime James Harden, as we've seen him in uh, postseason affairs. And we've seen that James Harden this year in some big games in the regular season. So my bet would still be Milwaukee. we just seen Boston beat Milwaukee by 40 last week. They look very comfortable. On their home floor, by the way. They look very comfortable there. Um, 
does it matter much? No, it doesn't necessarily matter, but it never looks good losing to four, by 40 on your home twice. court going into the postseason. I know if the shoe was on twice. the other foot. They've lost to Boston. Twice? They lost by 40 twice? Jason Tatum in his last two games against Milwaukee is averaging 40 on like 67% from the floor. On um, the thing, Milwaukee. They lost to Boston 40 by them twice. They lost. have Milwaukee's number. Like, that. that's like in a, like. In effect, like they're not. I, I think they're, they're very. I think they're very comfortable playing Milwaukee. They're not scared of Milwaukee and, at all. No, no, no. And that's the thing. And they can go into. They've, they've met them numerous. times They can times go in the into Milwaukee and win. Like game six, Giannis goes for forty-four and twenty. Like Giannis was like, "We're not going back to Boston," and Tatum said, "Yes, we are." With forty-six himself, like they can, mm-hmm. they can go into Milwaukee. They can look Giannis dead in the face with Giannis bawling out and say, we can match you. We have a player who can match you, and the rest of our team can match mm. your team, which is scary for them because, like, it's very true. Like the thing with uh, the Sixers, Giannis can go crazy. They have a player who can match him. Like, um, Embiid can match Giannis for sure, 100%. But can the rest of the Sixers match the Bucks? That's going to be something interesting if they get there. Obviously, they have to play Boston to see. But that will be interesting to see if that's the case. And that comes down specifically to Harden. Because regardless if Middleton's there or not injury-wise, he does show up when he's there. But Drew Holiday will be showing up. Will Drew Holiday be the third best? He should not be because Harden has the capability of being better. But will Drew Holiday be the third best player in that series? I'd probably put my money on it, even though Harden should be, if that makes sense. Very well could be. Mm Mm-hmm. Very well could be. I mean, I don't even know. If, I mean, yeah, we we sh- he should be. You know, you're right. I mean, he should have mm-hmm. been many times. You know, um, but yeah, no. I mean, like you said, like how Boston is not afraid and can go and win yep. in Milwaukee. You know, they didn't have Middleton last year. Now they should have their full squad. We can say the same thing about them. They can go into oh, TD Garden, and absolutely. that's nothing for them. You know, uh, you know, just them having Middleton there. And uh, I'm gonna say Embiid. Giannis is obviously gonna play heavy minutes in the playoffs, but you're now able to sit him maybe, you know, three more minutes mm-hmm. per game than last year. Whereas last year you couldn't. You know, by game seven, Giannis had nothing left really. Yeah. You know, he had his worst game yeah. in that game seven. Uh, now, if it gets to that point, you're gonna have Holiday probably coming off his best season. I could be wrong about that. I would but say Holiday roughly. I had a really amazing stretch. I mean, he just dropped 51. what fifty. He just had 51, 8, and 8 last yeah. week, right? So you got Holiday, you got Middleton starting to round into form. Brooke Lopez is having his best season. Um, I'm scared of Milwaukee. Yeah. Philly I was scared of about two weeks ago, but now I'm back to wait and see because of Harden. And we'll see. I mean, we're, we're literally going to see all this next weekend the- to start, which is crazy. We got the play-in during the week next week. And then next Saturday is the- – underratedly probably one of my favorite weekends of sports all year because you got saturday and sunday from noon to noon to midnight basically or after midnight you got nba playoff games you can't get much better and there is such a difference in quality of play from the postseason to the regular season so i cannot wait i'm i'm giddy but you know we got to get through this week we got to get through everything uh the east i mean you just mentioned the east it's literally just those three teams something i want to quickly i think the plan's getting a little more interesting there because the bulls are starting to match interesting that i do want to mention is 
on this is a hypothetical. Obviously, this has to happen. If Boston makes it to the finals again, it's going to be interesting to see how tired they are. Because if hypoth- like most likely they're going to see Miami in round one. That is a, as tough of a round one matchup as you're going to get, especially as a two seed. That's gonna that probably that could be either a real tough five or go six because we know Jimmy Butler can seal a game and the Miami Heat team's good enough to at least get you a game too. So you're gonna go from the Heat to the Sixers to the Bucks to then a Finals team. I'm not saying obviously this is gonna happen. We don't know. We a lot to happen. Miami may not even make it if they lose in a plant. Whatever. Like so, I just I'm thinking super hypothetically, but. If that happens to be their first round matchup in Miami, that's going to be super tough again having to do. I mean, kind of like last year. They went from Brooklyn, even though it was a sweep, every game was close. Then they played the Bucks in a tight seven. Then they played the Heat in a physical tight seven. And then they played the Warriors and lost in six. And you may, was it gas? Was it being a little careless and tired at the end of games because they were turning the ball over? I don't know. But it's going to be interesting to see if if they can yeah, do that. Mixture, I mean, bad decisions, but also... It was a mixture yeah. of... It was a mixture of the Warriors' experience mixed with them, yes, being tired, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, those two, specifically those two seven-game series, those were rock fights. You know what I mean? The Milwaukee Absolutely. series was physical. The Heat series was straight out of Absolutely. the early 2000s. Like, Absolutely. it really was. Uh so I think if they happen to get to the finals this year, I think they'd be more ready for it. Tatum for sure would be more ready for it. I believe Jalen would be. I believe the whole squad would be. And they yeah. got a deeper squad this year too. Um, so whoever they got, I think they'd be more mm-hmm. equipped for it. Um, but the East, if they happen to get – if that happens to be their path, if it's Miami into Philly into Milwaukee, that's an extremely tough path. Like – even if you flipped that to Milwaukee or Philly getting that path, right? If it's then Philly getting Miami, then Boston, then, then Milwaukee. Uh-huh. That you know what I mean? If that's your three teams in any order, that's, that's insane. Why the, you know what I mean? That's gonna be tough for anybody. So, so much for them. If they even got to the finals, because you get a for sure. The and Bucks it looks like tonight. Milwaukee doesn't have they it all the way tonight. wrapped up. Did they, they clinch they clinched 100% for sure? tonight? They, oh, um, okay. Well, yeah, I, I got an update about it. When with their win, they'd clinched the one seed, so they've got it clinched. And it looks like the Celtics are going to get the two. They're probably going to get the two. And uh, then, well, how many games ahead are they? Are they what two games ahead of Philly or game and a half? I think they're two games ahead of Philly right now. I can check real quick. But I think they're two games ahead of Philly. So they'll likely uh, get it. Uh, yeah, they're two and a half ahead of Philly right now. They'll likely get it. True. Okay, so they'll likely yeah. get it, but it'll be it'll be interesting what happens with those top three yeah. because the middle class of the of the Eastern Conference where you got Cleveland, the Knicks, and then probably the Heat. Um, who else is at the six now? Mm-hmm. Toronto might make it. Chicago's playing really well. Chicago has looked like one of the better teams over the last month and a half, and which is weird. Lonzo. Really, since ever since they picked up Pat Bev, they've kind of changed their culture. Uh, yeah, Lonzo's out. It's no, too bad they don't no. have Lonzo because they could, make a 
they could be scary for like a, a second mm-hmm. round team. Absolutely. And um like uh and yeah. if say the Heat fall down to the eight and Milwaukee has to see Miami in the first round. Then Milwaukee has to play the Cavs or the Knicks, which are two of the best defensive teams that are going to give them physical series. Then that could be interesting for them too. And then maybe Boston gets Atlanta. That's that's they're tough, but like, I mean they're interesting. But like Trey Young and Dejounte, cool. Boston can make that's as I say, Boston series. can make quick work of that. That's a five. Trey Young, series. Trey and Dejounte will probably get you one be, together. But like Boston can make quick work of that series, and that series is not going to be highly physical. They are a pretty finesse team, so, and then you go into a tough Philly. You didn't you didn't ask this, but you're going. You didn't ask this, but I'd rather have Dejounte Murray than Trey Young, if I'm Atlanta. If I'm any team, really, or just if you're asking me, I'd rather have Dejounte on oh, my yeah. team than Trey Young. So, here's the thing: I think Trey Young might even be a better player than Dejounte, but I think when you add things into it, like he's the way he is. Like off the court, I know there's been a few like a few issues. The fact that he's also really small, and like Steph was a liability, but you were able to hide it more, especially with how it is. But Steph was still six three, Trey's six foot and probably more towards five eleven, and he's not Chris Paul. So like, it's hard. Well, that's the thing. He is a good passer, but his his shot selection, he is not efficient. He is he is inefficient in a way Chris Paul never was, and in yeah, a way yeah, Curry I, I was like Chris was, Paul. So, I meant defensively because Chris Paul know, was small, but he still he, could, he's, he could lock up. But go on, yeah, what you're saying. No, I was just saying I'd rather have Dejounte on my squad. The way he plays defense, mm-hmm. the way he plays all around, than Trey Young. Now that doesn't mean the right coach or system. Wouldn't benefit Trey Young, but right now I'd rather take Dejounte than Trey. Okay, Young. so but if we're talking NBA playoffs in general, I'm go ahead. You're good. So if you're talking NBA playoffs in general, go on. Sorry, you had a, you had a devilish. No, um, I was just thinking because that made me go. Oh, I was just gonna say I'm I'm more. You're good. You're good. So go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Keep cutting each other up. Um, so that made me think yeah. of the guy he was traded for. In the draft, Luka Doncic. I was going to ask you about the West, but because you brought up Trey and you're talking about you'd rather have DeJounte than Trey, I was ta- I was thinking to myself the other day, because obviously the Mavs have been losing, and it's not just because the Mavs have been losing, it's how they've been losing, and I've mentioned this before. I mentioned this a couple years back because – I mentioned it like a while back, actually, when we talked about the 60-point game of how I think Luka's going to have to change his play to win championships because he's going to be individually great, but I don't think it's conducive for winning, like, rings. Um, I don't think... I think there are, like, maybe five or six people that I would rather build a team around than Luka, which is crazy to think because, like, a month ago, he was probably my third best player in the league. But I think I would rather – I just think it's so difficult to build – I think you have to build a, such a specific team around him, and it's hard to do, if you know what I mean. Like, the second star has to be a perfect, like, maybe Chris Middleton, Pascal Siakam, only that style of player can be next to him. I don't think he's like – you have to build a very certain team for him. Like he can't just fit in every anywhere, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, I kind of disagree with that. Um, I mean, I came on here a few weeks ago and said how Luca very much, even though he's a really good passer, like you saw his pass where he was falling out of bounds and he whipped it cross court. That was one of the craziest passes I've ever seen. Around a player, he can do things I've never seen before, like things like that. But that's what makes him so great. He has an incredible passing ability, but he, to me, he hunts shots, right? Like he just seems like a a ball hog. He wants to shoot, not a black hole, but if if it's him or Kyrie, whereas KD might give Kyrie the shot, mm-hmm. Luca's taking that fucking shot, right? Uh, even Harden might give it up to a Kyrie before. Oh, absolutely. Even like prime absolutely. Harden, like Rockets Harden. If he had this version of Kyrie, if he had this version of Kyrie with him, he's more apt to dish it to an open Kyrie than this Luka. Um, the slide that they're on, I mean, wasn't hard to predict. I mean, they gave away the only quality defensive player they had on the mm-hmm. perimeter and Finney Smith. So this slide to me was pretty natural. Um, Luka, again, I just, I just think he's at an immature point in his career. I don't think he's that hard. I don't think he's like an Iverson or even like a Trey Young, as we just mentioned, that you have to build a specific team around. I don't believe that. I think shooters fit around him more. But, you know, you mentioned Chris Middleton. That'd be, I think you could put a Chris Middleton on oh, any yeah. team. You know, he's very much th- the definition of I think he's just more like D. Westbrook. Uh, Luca's a 6'8". Luca's a 6'8". I guess so. And I guess so. You have to build but, a certain team you know, around Westbrook, with Westbrook to, for him to be like, like I mentioned, most successful. Like, because like you saw him try to fit in on. He's doing better with the Clippers for yeah, sure, but he's well, been better with the Clippers. Like when there's not the second star, it's like without Paul George or without Kawhi Leonard, then you see Westbrook because he has the ball sure. and he's the, in confirmed control of it. Then you see his best games. But like, I just I don't know. He's sure. Like but LeBron I mean, he, can play. He played, off, like LeBron Westbrook, showed with Wade, he can Westbrook play played. and be off the ball and do better and like actually mold himself into being around other people and obviously he worked with Kyrie and Kevin Love too so but go on I mean look I don't know if LeBron's the right example because we've heard players like Bosch like Kevin Love openly say LeBron is very like hard mm-hmm. to adapt to yeah you know what I mean so I think it might be the case of that with Luca, where he liked those especially that second Cavs run LeBron had oh, the yeah, ball that a second lot, one, absolutely. and then he could absolutely. defer to Kyrie. Absolutely, that's that's what I think. That's what I think it's kind of in right now, where Luca's got the ball a lot, and he doesn't want to pass it like mm-hmm. LeBron. You know, so then you got a lot of guys just standing around, very much like Harden in Houston. You just got a lot of guys standing around. It doesn't necessarily have to be that, but you'd want to pair. Excuse me, you'd want to pair Luca with shooters. You would want to pair him. Like, I think Kyrie was the right guy to get because he's basically playing the role that Brunson did last year. And Brunson did a lot for them. Brunson would be the guy who could A, spot up, but B, when Luka doesn't have the ball and he's doing it in New York, he can be your playmaker. He can get you a bucket He from any level of the floor, whether it's at the rim, mid-range, three. Kyrie can do that, too. They're lacking some they can't play def- they can't 3 play and defense. D guys. You know, they, they're made of shooters. They have, no, they have no defense at all. They're made of shooters who are either undersized wings, like Tim Hardaway, he's like 6'4", 6'5", or you got Maxi Kleber, Bertans types, they can't guard anybody. Uh, Last year, that's why they were so successful, was they did actually lock up and play with effort on defense. Um, I mean, I don't know. 
for I mean, a couple things. I want to defend Westbrook because he's only been on the Clippers here for yeah. about two months now, almost two months, month and a half. And I think he's looked much better on the Clippers than the Lakers. And that's even oh, yeah, with or without better. Paul George. And we'll he's see it more like, come to fruition in the better. playoffs. Um, and I never thought – I think he was only in the right situation once, and that was in the short time he was in Houston with shooters. Uh but with Luca, you're confusing me because you're you're kind of all over the place. Didn't you had him for MVP? Didn't I had you him for what? early in the year? And didn't you have them making a deep playoff run? Didn't you have the Mavs and Luca making a deep playoff run again? Um, I had them Pre-season? before the season started. I had them making the second round, I believe. I believe I had them making the second round. Uh, I just remember us having. I had them. I, I just had remember them us win- having an argument, or not an argument, a debate. Yeah, we, you had them winning a lot of games. I did have them winning a lot of and games, and, and here's the thing: it being primarily because of Luca. And here's the thing: I think that's very true. I think that Westbrook can win you a lot of games. Like when you're talking about seven, sixteen, seventeen, I think Westbrook can win you a lot of games, but not win you a championship. I think I thought Luca. I thought they'd be better than this, but. I think if you surround Luka, the way their roster was constructed was Luka Doncic, couple 3 and D guys, and shooters. I think he is great enough to where he can get his team, or coming into the season, I thought it was like he's great enough to where he can get his team around 48 to 50 wins. And because he is just that incredibly great, but that doesn't mean that you can win a chip with it. That just means that you're good enough to do that in the regular season. In the postseason, you're playing against the best teams consistently. They can build game plans around you. If you don't have a huge set, if you don't have the team for it, it's just going to look like the Warriors season series last year. It's just like they're going to lose in five. So that's I didn't have them like going to the finals or anything. Absolutely not. I just thought that they could win game. I thought you had them winning like a higher not. I thought you had a higher number of wins for them in the regular season, like 54, I, 55. I had them maybe. at my four seed. Whatever what, whatever my four seed was, I had them at the four seed because I had the Warriors. We'll have to I was, I'll it. have to figure it out. But I had, but I believe I had them at my four seed. But anyways, my thing, um, I think that Luka, I've said this though, that Luka is great. I think he is very, very great. Very, very good. I just think he needs to alter his play style a little bit if he's going to win championships. Because if not, you'd have to have the perfect – and it's hard to get it. Like, if you could – if I could draft it on NBA – if I'm on 2K, then I could do it. Because what I would do is just have Luka, then I'd probably try to get Jalen Brown, then I would get Clay Thompson, and then just get defense from there. And 3 and D guys, like – like, but you can't – if you could get that, then cool. But, I mean, again, Jalen Brown and Klay Thompson fit on all 30 teams right now. doesn't make a difference of who who's there. But it's just hard to build. I think in, like, how the NBA is obviously contractually and everything, it's just hard to build around that specifically. Like, I think you could build – like, it's easier to build around Giannis, Steph, KD, Jokic, Embiid. I think it's easier to build around all five of those guys. I don't know yeah, you, again, I disagree. I just think it's more their front office. I think it's their front office being pretty inept over the last couple of years. You know, I don't think it's hard to, like, 
there's no reason why your front line should be something like Maxi Kleber. Okay, that's fine. But then to have him backed up with a guy like Bertans, right? And then they still got Dwight Powell, who's not much of a guy other than a pick and roll threat. That's front office. That's not that's not much to do with Luca to me. Now again, I think Luca looks for his shot too much. I think you could make these guys a little better. But, you know, for you to have literally and this is not an exaggeration, zero defensive threat on your team. That's nothing to do with Luca, and that's all to do with the front office. And actually, Mark Cuban had a press conference earlier tonight saying exactly that, saying the way this team looks is on me. I did not, you know, up our weaknesses. I mean, they're a team full of shooters and Luca and Kyrie. It's Kyrie, Luca, and a bunch of people who can shoot and cannot play defense. It's not going to happen, no. you know? When your two best defenders are probably Hardaway Jr. and Bullock, it's going to be tough to win. So I can't oh, put that on It's not on Luka, fully on Luka. I do agree he's probably a little tougher to it's play with. It's not fully on Luka. It's just that it's hard. Like I, He's probably a little tougher to play want, with. St- when stars are, are hard do, to play with you, like it's hard to get superstar, like that kind of level to play with you. I think it's difficult. And in the league that we are in today, I know it's starting to kind of dwindle out from having to have big threes. But like in the league that they have today, with a lot of player movement, you need really almost like a second superstar-ish player alongside of you. And if you don't have that, it's gonna be really hard to win. And they, it's hard to get that when you could go five minutes without touching the ball for a lot of people. Like it's, there's few people who are fine, like few stars, true stars that are fine with that. So that's kind of the. That's the hard thing building, but also, but yeah, no, the Mavs front office has not constructed the roster around him. Great, that that's another thing as well. There's more than just Luca. The why they're not in even the play in. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they've. I don't think they've surrounded him. Like with Jokic, Denver's got a like Aaron Gordon. He's an underrated passer. Mm. You know what I mean? Like there's players on that team. Jamal Murray, he gets his shots up, but he's a willing passer. The only person on their in their main core that's you know not a willing passer is probably Michael Porter Jr. He doesn't need when uh, Luca, like I said, it's all shoot first guys, and he doesn't need to be. But you know, Mavericks are all spot up shooters and Luca, so I don't think whatever the best version of having people around or players around Luca is, we haven't seen it yet. So you know. I don't know. I mean, he's only 23, too. Oh, he's so got I would so like to see him time. with a true iteration, you know, and we don't even know if Kyrie's coming back. We don't know what this team will look like next year. So I'd like if if Kyrie is his long-term number two, like let's say they do bring back Kyrie, I want to see what that roster looks like because I do not think it's fair to judge on the second half of this year. Yeah, that, um, that was, that's fair. I too. think that Luka could certainly be a better leader in the way that – and aware that those guys you mentioned, like Giannis, like Embiid, like Jokic, I think Luka has some time to become that mm-hmm. as far as a leader. But again, he's 23. He's still a baby yeah. in this league. And in some ways, a grown-ass man in this league. Like, he, he can dominate like nobody should for him. For him to not be able to, you know, dominate the game athletically like Giannis and LeBron, like a prime mm-hmm. LeBron. And for Luka to put up the numbers he does and do what he does with the Rock, you know. People should be scared when he does have a crew around him because it's oh, absolutely. for everybody. It really, it really oh, might be. I like, think, like, I just you know. think he needs to alter a little bit. 
just a little bit of like how he operates. Like I think Mike had to too. Like I think Mike had to op- alter how he played just a touch. Not that it's bad or anything. Just had to alter it a little bit. You get in the front office, makes the right moves. It's got to mature. You got to just mature a little bit. That that's really more so what I was kind of like. I just think that it's weird because I think he's super super great when you're just individually talking about him. Like he's really like if you said he was the best player in the league, as I think it's Giannis, I couldn't really even fully hate it. I would just say his, but it's just I think it's hard right now to build around him just because of his play style and the way you would have to build it's just difficult to do in a league that actually has other teams. So that was that was more so my point behind it rather I think than, his I think his play style is I think his play style is conducive to the roster that's around him. Okay. All right. Um Sorry, was there anything else you were saying? What we got I was next? Sorry, I wasn't sure if you were saying anything else there at all. Um, so, next, I mean, we can shift over to the NFL, the National Football League. There is a guy who has been in some trade talks. Used to place quarterback for the New England Patriots. His name's Mac. <laughs> uh, so, what did you think when you heard and saw yeah, that well, Mac Jones, I guess, has been shopped by Bill, which, again, they said that didn't happen. I don't really know, but they've reports have came out that Bill's looking to shop Mac. Well, the reports were that he has shopped sorry, Mac. Sorry, right, no, sorry, he sorry. he's, looking, he's um, looking, meaning like he's actively shopped and still looking to, my bad. I didn't really want to talk about football for a couple of weeks. I wanted to wait till okay. after the draft. If you, if you don't want to die. As specifically to someone, specifically to, specifically when it pertains to the biggest restricted free agent, if we're going to use an NBA term. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to wait till after the draft, see what happens, okay. see if he signed a tender with anybody before then. He hasn't. Um, and then this news comes out. Let me start with Bill Belichick first, because I'm in the weirdest spot I've ever been as a Patriots fan with Bill Belichick, okay? Because I've defended him over the years since Brady left and said, hey, you know, I mean, look, some people were unrealistic and were like, fire Bill Belichick after the 2020 season. Those are unrealistic people. And I'm looking at it like, hey, Cam Newton, who's now out of the league, was basically out of the league, what, a year and a half after that season. You had... I think seven or eight defensive starters who just said no to the season, right? So you just yeah. imagine that you've removed eight of your defensive starters out, just out of the season. They're gone. Now you just got back. Dante Hightower being right? the one of the best Cam middle Newton linebackers in the league, out of the league. Out too. But go on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And congrats on a career to Dante Hightower, by the way, who has since retired. Um, so they go seven and nine with Cam Newton with backup defensive players and a mm-hmm. weird 2020 season. Boom. Comes back next year, Mac Jones rookie, 9 and 8 playoffs, I believe. Blown out in the wild card game. But playoffs on the last, right? Let him slide so you've already improved much. from 2020 well, yeah, to you definitely improved and definitely there, but you can't you've got you I'm a little upset with him about that. You cannot let the Bills score every time they touch the ball. That is ridiculous. Sorry. <laughs> the touchdown every time. <laughs> it's ridiculous. They got outplayed, but it happens. It happens, right? 
Uh, any given time. Sunday. You just never know. Was it the performance we wanted? But no, they they improved from 2020 to 2021 with a rookie quarterback. Then 2022 yep. comes, and you say, hey, we improved last year. We have a rookie quarterback. I've got a bright idea. Why don't we take this failed defensive coordinator, this failed head coach, and let's make him the offensive coordinator in a critical year for a developing quarterback. We all saw it from the beginning, like mm-hmm. it was going to be terrible. I even came in here and said, hey, let's give it a chance. Maybe Bill sees something that we don't see here, which was ridiculous. And guess what? I, I still say this. The first few weeks, the first few weeks, Patricia called OK Games. Called okay games those first few weeks. I actually a dead clock I was ready to hate on Matt day, Patricia, so and he came yeah, in here. Okay. He gave us more than two. He gave us more than two good games though. And then Mac Jones gets injured. Bailey Zappi comes in, and they seem to do well with Bailey Zappi. You got to give Patricia that. So all in all, I'll give Patricia about six good games out of sixteen or seventeen, yeah. however many they play now. Right, six good games maybe. He did not have a great season at pretty much as soon as Matt came back. And I think Matt came back in week six or seven, whatever. Patricia was terrible. The defense was good, but now I'm in this position. Pats fans might've been here before, but now I'm in this position where I'm truly like, all right, they got to do something this year. You know, you need at least a 10 win season. You need the playoffs. Like anything other than that is inexcusable. Right. And, uh, you know, you got me out here defending, because I'm really sick of this. The Patriots need a number one receiver. I think that's the laziest. It's the laziest thing to say because if the Patriots were fucking moving the ball with Bailey Zappi at one point, hmm? right, and receivers are open and Max not hitting them, that's not a receiver problem. That's a direct coaching problem. Like the communication, the breakdowns, Max regression. That's either on Mac Jones himself, which I don't believe because his first season did go well, and he showed his intellect in that first season. That's one thing you could say about him is, okay, this guy doesn't have the physical gifts, but, man, he seems to be able to read defenses, make decisions at the line, run a no huddle. He showed true intellect as a rookie quarterback, okay? And uh, for him to regress, it just seemed like coaching. And to have these problems where you're, you know, barely getting the plays off, getting multiple delay of games – I mean, shit, they make the playoffs if it's not for them fumbling the ball in that Christmas Eve game against the Bengals, the Jacoby Myers play against the Raiders. Like, so despite all that, this team very well could have been in the playoffs last year, despite having Forrest Gump as their offensive coordinator. So I'm at this position again with Bill Belichick where I'm like, you got it's got to be a playoff season or I can't defend you anymore. What can I say? This defense is great. I truly think that's a Super Bowl-ready defense, at least last year. We lost McCourty this year. Duggar's going to have an even bigger role, and I think he's got all pro written all over him in the future. Um, we've got the pass rush. We've got, we've got to improve our linebacker group a little bit, but the defense is there. Uh, receivers, who knows? Apparently quarterback, who knows? And we'll talk about that more. But I feel like we're going to get a lot more Ramondre which we did last year. He had a great he's he looks like a star on the rise. We got Bill O'Brien. Let's see it. Now who's the quarterback? Is it Mac? Is it Zappy? Is it <clears throat> somebody else that might play in the AFC? That might be a restricted free agent? I don't know. I don't really want to talk about it because I don't want to jinx it. 
but we seem to have to talk about it. That's my stance on Bill Belichick. I want to hear what you have to say about Mac Jones and these rumors, and then I'll respond to that. But all in all, these last three weeks leading up to the draft, all I can think about in regards to the Patriots, aside from a certain quarterback, is this truly seems like a make-or-break season for Bill Belichick. And we will talk about this much more when it's July, August, and we're getting closer oh, to the season. But I've never felt I've never felt this way about Bill Belichick where I'm like, all right, man. I'll give you those first two or three, two and a half seasons. Last year was inexcusable. Mm-hmm. Patricia should have never been there. Joe Judge should have never been in the position he was in. Now this year we seem to have things right. Um, I'm gonna let you respond and then I'm gonna go because I, okay, actually I'll say it right now. Fuck it. Let me let me get this out the way before. But I don't want to talk about it. But I'm gonna talk about it. What really got to me to this position was when allegedly, right, Meek Mill, Philadelphia rapper, as we know, says to Robert Kraft, "Hey." Lamar Jackson wants to play for you guys. And then reports come out that Belichick's going to stick with Mac Jones. That's when I was really like, all right, what? Is this true? Is this real? Is that something? Is Bill Belichick really going to choose Mac Jones over Lamar Jackson? Now I can understand what you'd have to give up for Lamar, and Lamar would be a lot of money. But in general, if it was literally just like this, put to you like this, Mac Jones, Lamar Jackson, would Bill Belichick really pick Mac Jones over Lamar Jackson? And then we got the news yesterday, and I got a little more excited than I should be that that was a rumor, and that's where I want to leave it. And if we stand where we are after the draft, and there's still rumors, or we might have drafted a quarterback, or maybe we didn't draft a quarterback, but we got substantially better in the draft, and there's still Mac Jones rumors, and there's still a quarterback that plays for the Baltimore Ravens right now who has not been offered anything by anybody. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of rumors and there's more smoke. That is, uh, that's it. I can't talk anymore about it. I don't want to jinx it. I do not. I'm going to let you respond. And then if you get whatever else out of me after that, cool. But I would really prefer to wait till the draft, but I want to hear what you have to say about Mac Jones. Bill Belichick I, and such in this offseason. I've always been in the camp. I've been saying that I said this, obviously. I've told you this. We've talked about this a lot about how I've felt since Tom Brady was there the last year that we just needed one more guy. And the reason why is just because to the same way the same way Jalen Hurts took that next leap when you had added uh, A.J. Brown that uh, Josh Allen added that, took that next leap when you added Stephon Diggs. How we think Justin Fields might be able to take that next step that you add DJ Moore. That if you were to add something like that to Mac, that it would definitely be beneficial just because it would give him a solidified number one target there. And I don't, I wasn't even, I've never said that we needed the best receiver. I just said a legitimate one. And if Devontae Parker can stay healthy for 16 weeks, 17 weeks, I would be even okay with that if you had whatever. But that's always what I've ever said because that, I think, helps quarterbacks out for sure. Going into the offseason, I said this exactly. Get a human being at offensive coordinator. Uh, We just need some sort of human. Uh, 
It wasn't asking for much. Bill O'Brien, I mean, I would have loved it to be outside of the Bill Belichick camp in their friends, in their Friday night poker group. I would have loved it if we would have just said, like, hey, let's try to get some new and more innovative offensive mind. But he was like, let me go call my buddy Nick Saban and say, hey, can we have Bill O'Brien back? And like, sure, great, take him, cool. Anyways, we still got a guy who was a decently successful head coach, got to the uh, playoffs a couple times with the Texans, and was a breathable human being as an offensive coordinator, so that's cool. That's better than whatever I, I could have probably called plays of the match. Offense better than last year, um, so that's great. Yeah, I, he's got a legitimate offensive mindset and background, which is really cool. So I was happy about that. I was hopeful to be like, hey, it's a lot to ask. <laughs> really, is a lot to ask. Cause just be be a capable, breathable offensive human. Um, I was hopeful that we would trade a second to get DeAndre uh, Hopkins, but. There's a report that he might be cut. I don't even know anymore. I really don't know. But if DeAndre Hopkins is available for something cheap, we should go get DeAndre Hopkins because it's DeAndre Hopkins. And then Lamar Jackson came out like, yeah, I put in a trade request. And I was like, I don't care what we have to do. We scrap whatever, and we go get Lamar Jackson. You want to know why? Top eight quarterback in the league means 24 other teams, we'd have better quarterbacks than them. And the Jets are looking to get Aaron Rodgers. Tua's pretty solid if he's healthy. Josh Allen is really good. It's a, we're now in a division, and especially in a conference, where you need pretty, pretty good quarterback play to win. Not that I didn't think Matt could go do it, because I think if you put the right things around him, give him a year, we could see what he is. But again, Lamar Jackson is right there. Lamar Action Jackson is there. All you have to do is trade this year's first and Mac Jones, and you can probably get him. You would have to pay him. And honestly, that's prob- that might be where the disconnect <clears throat> comes in. You'd have to pay him, Bill. I understand. Give him a four. Give him out a five-year deal, two hundred and ten million, but like a hundred and twenty guaranteed with like forty million dollars in incentives. Because at some point, Lamar is gonna have to realize this fully guaranteed deal that he is trying to go after. He's not gonna get. So it's either going to be he takes a deal like I just said, or he's done playing football. And I don't think he is just gonna quit the sport. That seems very stupid. So he's just not going to get it. And especially since he created his own website and that's not doesn't look good and he has obviously has no representation. It's just not looking great on like he's not helping his cause at all. So he but Bill just just go talk to John. I bet you guys probably play poker too together. Just go talk to John. Say, "Hey, we got a first round pick. We got Mac." You like go let's let us take Lamar. We'll pay him. You guys can get a conventional quarterback there. You can see if you work magic with him. If not, you guys can go forward because you guys are just a run first defense run first team that likes to play tough, stout defense and Mac just don't turn the ball over. That is what should happen and what I would love to happen. But <clears> will <throat> it? Probably not because Bill doesn't like to actually grant me things that I he tried to get rid of Brady. 
And since that moment, sometimes I just question the GM decisions he makes on the offensive side of the football. Defensively, what he can literally just do whatever he wants to. He trades Jamie Collins and then gets Jamie Collins back and just like stupid weird things. Where it's just like, okay, he can definitely have the defense. The defense is gonna be. We have Jamie Collins on. Yeah, I was gonna say he's gonna. The defense is gonna be top twelve at minimum every year. I'm legitimately never concerned. It'll start the season. I'm like, who are these people? By the end, I'm like, oh, these are cool people. It's never been the defensive side of the ball I was worried about. You never had to worry about offense because when you have the GOAT, who was the GOAT for 20 years, it's like, oh, man, that works. But now you don't have the GOAT. You don't have Josh McDaniels, who, regardless, was still a decent offensive coordinator. You need to do something. Get Lamar Jackson. That's to something. Um, all right, couple, yeah, couple retorts. Um. Let me shoot Bill some bail here. Brady wanted to leave too. Let's get. Oh, absolutely. He did want to leave? But I mean, well, I mean, he did want to leave at had, first. Belichick definitely had a hand in, in that when, a little bit. I mean, he bit. probably wanted to leave after he tried to trade Jimmy and before True. he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna pick True. Jimmy G over you." And then he was like, well, "You know what? Maybe I'm not respected here." <laughs> but go on. But after at the end, definitely Brady wanted to go. He he under he underestimated Brady's longevity a little bit yeah. for sure. Um. Look, everything with Lamar, I still could see him going back to the Ravens. Like you said, if his big holdout, here's the two things here. His big holdout is a guaranteed deal, and then the other part of it is that he has no agent. That's completely unnatural not to have an agent. The only, the last player I can think of that went into negotiations without an agent mm-hmm. is Ndamukong and Sue, and that's in his yeah. Lions years, I believe. Um and Dominican Sue, while he might have been a franchise player for the Lions, he is not the franchise player in a way mm-hmm. that a star quarterback is, right? Uh, especially one as Lamar Jackson, who won an MVP, who is as dynamic as Lamar. Um, but also, I think what people are forgetting here, it's he's a restricted free agent, in essence. So whatever anybody throws at him, Within reason, the Ravens can just match it like that. Like, literally, as soon as they get it, they can go, yep, all right, we'll pay him that. And then they automatically retain his rights. So, yeah, as much as Lamar might have requested a trade or he might want to leave right now, the Ravens are within the right to be like, oh, we're not. <laughs> I guarantee you they're going to match. Within reason, they're going to match damn near anything. And especially if it's someone like the Patriots offering it, that's the last thing they're going to want is New England to get Lamar Jackson, unless the Patriots are really going to pay Lamar that much, unless the Patriots are really going to give up two firsts and then whatever else on top of it. Um, Again, it really depends on how much Lamar's truly available. We haven't seen, Lamar's been available for a month now, and we've seen no offers. Everybody wanted to throw out the Lions rumor. Everybody wanted to throw out the Falcons. Those were two teams that came out and were like, no, we're good. Um, so, and the Patriots on every betting site, every, you know, wherever the odds makers are, Patriots are always in the top three, sometimes the top two, they're always in the top five for Lamar's next team. Uh, if you remember when people were talking about Deshaun leaving the Texans years ago, people were picking the Patriots as a destination. Uh, that does not come from nowhere. Let me say that. And then. To respond to you now belatedly about the reports about Mac Jones being shopped, 
you never hear anything come out of New England when it pertains to players like that. Uh, even Brady that last season, it was not – that very well could have been a LeBron in 2010 when he was on the Cavs. Like, literally that whole season, it was like, is LeBron going to the Knicks? Is LeBron leaving? Is this his last year in Cleveland? Uh, you know, if he wins a title in Cleveland, does he stay? Like, that was literally the entire 2010 season you heard about LeBron. Brady's 2019 season, you heard whispers about it, but you heard it more from local media mm -hmm. than you did NFL media, the general NFL media, right? All that to say, if you didn't hear shit about Brady that year, the fact that you're hearing about a Mac Jones trade in, what is it, we're in yeah. April now? If you're hearing Mac Jones rumors in April, that's not out of nowhere. That means he absolutely was having conversations. Now, was he truly shopping him, trying to trade him, or were they just general conversations? We don't know. I don't think but I don't think Bill has conversations. Just something to, happened. Just something definitely problem. happened. Whether it was, a I think truth. he's actively shopping him. I just, I just don't think he's. Well, not only that, nothing. That's not true because they say I've heard reporters, especially beat reporters for the Pats, say that whenever a star player becomes available, the Patriots do always make a call and do their due diligence. They will check in on that player, and that very well could be what it was. It could have been an opposing coach calling in or opposing GM calling in. And them having conversations. The fact of the matter is someone in the Patriots building leaked whatever conversation this was about Bill Belichick and Mac Jones. Whether it was a true shop or whether it was just general, hey, what do you think about Mac? What's his value? What's mm -hmm. this? What's that? We don't know. But the fact that it's coming around the same time that we know, again, via Meek Mill, shouts to Meek, that Lamar wants to play for the New England Patriots. It just it had my wheels turning. It had my wheels turning. And I don't want that to happen because I don't want to end up disappointed. Uh, but if we end up with Mac Jones, let me, let me say this. As much as I liked the Bailey Zappi run last year, I'd rather have Mac Jones up to center this year. He's got a history with Bill O'Brien. But overall, who the hell do I want? I want Lamar I'd Jackson. I wanted Lamar Jackson in a uh, Patriots so, uniform. I don't know. I truly think. Since he was in the draft, I thought we were literally going to draft him. Instead, we too. He should have. He should have been Brady's backup, and then Brady leaves. We that's, got a whole. We got a different running quarterback. We don't that's got exactly what I thought was going to happen. More, I thought. I thought that's him. what Bill was doing at thirty, and Didn't then we're happen, just though. like, you know what? Sony Michelle, not Nick Chubb. Sony Michelle. We got it. All right. Cool. Great. Love it. Ah. Uh, I. Tr I truly think. I truly think he's going back to Baltimore, though. I don't see. Baltimore seems to be all in on him. I Harbaugh, just don't know if, the front office has said they, he's you know, Lamar's our quarterback. So I just don't know how he's going to feel about that. That's all. I just don't know how he's going to feel about that. Well, hey, we know that Lamar's kind of acting diva-ish, but not all the way mm -hmm. diva-ish. You know what I mean? He's got about 15% diva right now, the yeah. way he's acting. And uh, if nobody makes an offer for him and he has to return under that 325 Guess what they're going to do? They're going to negotiate. Because what? What's the window they can? They, this can go till June? Till minicamp? What's the what's the exact window on this? It's got. I'm assuming June. Mm -hmm. Right? So if, it, if nobody's made, which I doubt this will happen, but let's say nobody really makes a true offer to him till June and it comes to the time where they he's either going to sign that tender. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to renegotiate or they're going to trade him. And uh, then his... If it is open season, he, you know, says, I'm not going to suit up. I'm not going to play. Please trade me. 
then it's a whole different game. Then his price goes up, and then it's just going to get hella messy. So I don't know if you would have told me. I mean, I think we all would have thought. We did. We talked about it, me, you, and Tim. If None of us thought they were going to sign him to the non-exclusive tag, and they did at 32.5. And they basically said, hey, go see your value. And what have we seen? Nothing. No movement. None since the beginning of last month. Not a single nothing. The most... The most we've gotten is that Meek Mill rumor. That's the most action we've I really we've think got, that just has to do with Lamar. That more That's than it. anything. Because you can't convince me that... It's, it's a lot of factors. You can't convince me I that think, every team was is like, no, I don't want him. I just think they don't want him at that price. That's the thing that... That's part of it. And that's... Again, that's where not having an agent comes into this. I think that's such a underrated aspect that's of the, this. That's the biggest aspect of everything. The no here. agent part. When you don't. That is you, the aspect. You don't, because you don't have. Because well, not only that, like when you don't, there's nobody leaking stuff. There's nobody leak stuff because there's nobody having conversations. Lamar can't go have a conversation with the Detroit Lions or the New England Patriots. Lamar can't do that as a player. He's got to have an agent. So. And, you know what happens. You know, I mean, that's and then then again, you don't get the leaks. You don't even got rumors that you can just throw out there as an agent and, to gain. And you don't have connections. Side, so the Ravens hold. You don't all have the power connections here. like that. Like obviously, when you have when agents are getting together at the draft, or agents are getting together here, or agents are getting there. Like you can kind of, or you can be like, okay, so hey, what are you hearing? Uh, like Joe Burrow's coming up soon. So, like, what are you hearing about Joe? Like, what is, like, you, you as an agent, you build those reports. So, you're like, hey, what are you guys, what are you hearing about Joe? Like, what's Joe's contract looking like? And you're like, okay, Joe Burrow, so I'm just going to throw random numbers out there. Say Joe Burrow's looking at a five-year, $300 million deal with 200 guaranteed. You're like, okay, well, let me compare that to Lamar and what Lamar should be getting there, too. And it's like, okay. But you can't do that as Lamar Jackson because you don't have that kind of insider information or don't have those relationships built because you've been too busy playing football and doing your job. So him not having an agent, I think it's cute and all, but I think that was definitely the wrong thing, and he's losing he is losing himself money, I think, a little bit in the in the long run of it too. But I guess it is what it is with Lamar. We'll see, and hopefully it's just like the Cam Newton situation a couple years ago. I say that where we're like, wait, why is Cam Newton not getting a deal from anyone? And then the Patriots randomly just get him for cheap, and we're like, oh, okay. That's the hope. Knock on wood. But yeah, we're done talking about it. I think think the Patriots have about a 30% chance of getting him. Maybe even knock that down to 25, but I think that's... I don't know. That's the thing. If this goes past the draft, then I think you've almost got twenty plus teams going for it. It's just, well, this will. This story was going to take so many different turns I see depending it. on I, the time. I see of it year, going by the draft. You know, if he gets no offers, if he does get an offer, and if it does, then it's going to be a true sweepstakes for him, or it might not be. But I anticipate that more teams would be willing to throw next year's and the year after's first and. I don't know. We'll see. And I don't see the Baltimore Ravens being all that eager. You know, I don't think that them signing him to the non-exclusive tag was slightly disrespectful. But I, again, I think it was more of a play of, okay, Lamar, go to your worth. If you don't like what we offered you, because they did offer him a short-term guaranteed deal. 
and they did offer him a lucrative deal that was long-term. Not fully guaranteed, but a lot of money. And he turned down both. So they're saying, hey, Lamar, all right, you go, you go see your value. And so far, the Ravens are in the right. So far. So they hold all the power. I see him going back to Baltimore. I'm equally intrigued as I am scared to see how this plays out. Because let him go to the Jets or something like that. Like, he just somehow ends up on the Jets. They, you know, they alter from Aaron Rodgers and they get him and we don't. And, you know, the Jets just offered two firsts and that was it. Or two firsts and a player. Yeah, I'm not going to be too happy if that's the case. But, again, I think he goes back to Baltimore. I think they hold the cards. And I'm scared to death. But I'm also intrigued. Absolutely. But I do want to say, I want to pivot here from football. I did not hype up the last UFC card. I forgot to bring it up when we recorded Mm -hmm. prior. We got UFC 287 this weekend. Adesanya versus Alex Pereira, too. Uh, Cannot wait. I was in the building for the first matchup, the first Mm -hmm. UFC matchup. Uh, Thrilling match. You got Jorge Masvidal, Gilbert Burns in Miami. That's relevant because Jorge Masvidal is a Miami native. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you got two bangers right there as far as fights. You got a phenom opening the main card up. Raul Rojas Jr., 18-year-old, his second career UFC match. Uh, Second match, Kevin Lee versus a guy, I can't pronounce his name. It's in flux because it looks like Kevin, sorry, Kevin Holland, not Kevin Lee. He might not make weight. And then I'd have to look at the third fight. Look at me being a fake fan here. But I'm excited for 287. Looks to be my favorite card. I wanted to be in the building. Wanted an excuse to go to Miami, but did not work out. Let me look at this card again, though. Rob Font, Adrian Yanez is the third fight. Bantamweight bout. That'll be a good fight. Rob Font throws hands. Decent boxer. Uh, Yanez, I believe, also is a striker. So we shall see. Definitely, definitely. Um, it's a good fight. It's a good fight. When is the Connor fight? I'm not even gonna try to pronounce the Kevin Holland fight. It's supposed to be. If it was, all right. So him and Michael Chandler are doing the Ultimate Fighter. Mm-hmm. They've already wrapped up recording. It was like, I think it was two weeks. Mm-hmm. Right. So they've done that. Yeah. It's supposed to air in, I believe, July. Yeah. I think like July to July to August maybe. So the match was gonna be in like September. It would make sense if it was September. It was supposed to follow mm-hmm. the show's airing. You have to do you have to have six months in the USADA pool to be able to be eligible to fight. Uh you do the math here, yep. we're in April. I don't know if Connor's in the USADA pool yet or if he just got in there, but I don't think he is. So, all right, how can you have the fight in September if he's not in the USADA pool, right? So that's what's hanging up right now. Um, It would be a welterweight bout, which Michael Chandler fights Mm -hmm. at lightweight. So it would be at 170 pounds instead of 155. That's interesting, too. So it's one of those things right now where I'm like, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, Connor keeps talking about it. He's done some media runs as of the last couple of weeks with Proper 12 and for the Ultimate Fighter, I believe. Um, actually, I think it wasn't just a proper 12 run, but, uh, anyway, I'm at the, I'll believe it when I see it point. It's, 
equally a good matchup for Connor, but also could be a bad matchup for him because Michael Chandler is no joke. He's a killer too. Uh, but if he wanted to stick to just his wrestling, he could absolutely get yeah. Connor the fuck out of there. Uh, but Connor's a better striker than him. And if Michael Chandler chooses to just strike, uh, Connor could get Chandler the fuck out of there. So hypothetically, it's an intriguing matchup, especially at 170, which again, I think that favors Chandler more than it does Connor, but I could be wrong about that. Um, but I'm at a, I'll believe it when I see okay. it completely with that. And especially with this whole thing with USADA, which might not even matter. They might just bend the rules for Connor, which I could completely see that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It should happen in August or September, but it nothing's official yet. It's been talked about a lot, but nothing's been signed. Nothing's been confirmed. But those are the two coaches for the Ultimate Fighter, and they were supposed to have a corresponding match. But okay, I was just see. curious because I knew I heard I'd heard rumblings obviously about it like when it first came out, and I just hadn't really heard too much of it afterwards. So I was wasn't sure what was going on with it. Yeah, I hope it happens. I would love for it to happen, but it's it's up in the air right now. And uh, much with anything about UFC, you can't believe the hypothetical matchups until you actually see it presented. Hey, it was signed. Here it is. This fight's happening here. Da-da-da. So until then, it's all just talk to me. Absolutely. But I hope it happens. Um, Do you have anything else you wanted to address at all? That was pretty much everything I had in my uh, docket. No. Just 287. Just UFC 287. I did a shitty job of that because I forgot the third fight, and I can't even pronounce the guy Kevin Holland might be facing in the second fight. But just know this. It's going to be all bangers, especially on that main card, uh, especially Adesanya versus Pereira too. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait yep. for that. It's going to be a fantastic match. And Adesanya might wrestle, which will be interesting, but no. Those are two of the best kickboxers on the planet. Uh, they both can throw hands, period. They're incredible strikers. Pereira's got as much power as anybody. Actually, scratch that. And Ganu's gone. He's got the most power in the UFC, period, now probably. So, yeah, it's scary. And I truly, if you want my prediction, I think Adesanya wins the title back. Wait. And then Pereira moves up to Wait. light heavyweight. When was, his, when was Izzy's last fight? The Madison Square Garden card, okay. November. No, I was going to say, I don't know why. It just mentally felt like it was a quick turnaround. That's that's why. But it's been okay. It's been like five, five-ish months. Yeah. Uh, they, it's been about six. Yeah, five months. Yeah. No, they uh, – all depending on how much damage you take, oh, you absolutely. could have a fight within three months. But, yeah, no, this was – it's about on brand. Okay, I don't know why. I mentally thought this was like later. I knew because I knew you had went to it, but I thought it was a little later on. So I wasn't a hundred percent sure. I mentally was thinking to myself, like, isn't this like a two and a half month turnaround? I feel like that's for especially for fighter. I was just, for fighters that way, of that no, caliber, you typically see more like from what I've noticed, you typically see maybe like a five to six month turnaround, especially if it's going to go the distance. You'll see more. They obviously you need to. Time for your body to recover, Depends. or what kind of fight it was. Obviously, if you knock someone out early on, then your body's fine. But I just, I would, I just felt like it for was sure. m- much more recent. Luckily for Adesanya, it was pretty recent. But luckily, I mean, really, for as heavy as strikers as they are, neither of them really took damage until 
the end when Adesanya got stopped. And luckily for him, he did get stopped and not knocked out. Had he got knocked out, we might have seen this fight in June. Um, but no, neither really took damage. Adesanya is pretty active in general. He's he's usually fighting three to four months a year, um, or three yeah. to four times a year. Sorry, uh, but the fact that this is happening in April, very interested to see what happens after because the middleweight is middleweight division. Depending on if Kazmat Shemaev, if he moves up, that kind of changes everything. Then you got four legitimate killers, and you got Paula Costa. But thing is, Izzy's lapped everybody in that division except for AP, who's fighting for the second time. Now, if he wins again, you could make a case that they should run it back for a third time this year, probably in September, October. You know, depending on how this fight goes or if someone yeah. gets knocked out. But I think if Izzy wins. You could very well make a case that they should run this fight right back because everyone else in middleweight is he's lapped twice, mm-hmm. I believe, aside from someone who might be like the sixth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like all the other contenders who they could everyone pick that, that haven't, who've only faced him once, they're lower in the ra- Yeah, they're they're either lower in the rankings or just not a good matchup for them. Yeah. They'll wash them, you know? So unless Chemayev moves up from welterweight and goes up to middleweight, then... He could be a problem for either one of Izzy or AP. He's a monster. He's like, damn, I don't even know who I'd compare him to. He's kind of like, you know what, Keenan? He's kind of like, you could. I'll say Zion for his physicality. Mm-hmm. He's that much of a force in the MMA world. He could fight at. He wants to fight at welterweight, middleweight, That's and crazy. light heavyweight all That's this crazy. year. And guess what? He probably he probably could. He wild. probably that's could. That's how much of a monster he is. That's and that's wild. and that's he, he's that dude is a monster. Like he intrigues me more than just about any fighter in the UFC. And he hasn't fought in just about oh no, I think he fought in October. It was no it was September he fought against yeah. Kevin Holland. So he's going on about six, seven months mm-hmm. now too. So but he intrigues me more than any fighter in the UFC. Hmm. Truly. Okay. I was interested in that just because I felt like it was such a quick turnaround, but it really wasn't. I guess that's just how time's flying right now, honestly. It just felt like, yeah, it felt honestly like a couple Seems months that ago that you were went to that fight. But yeah. All right. Well. Springtime. Listen, this was the yeah. Warner Brothers podcast. Keenan, great talking to you. We will be back next week to talk some NBA, hopefully with a guest. And, uh, Keen, great talking to you. I will probably review 287 next week. Uh, Hopefully, Lamar is still untouched by this time next week. But, yeah. And I wanted to come in here last week, Keenan, and discuss. This was my plan last week. As you know, I'm doing an outro and I just interrupted myself. My plan last week was to come in on Tuesday and talk about Embiid Jokic, but Embiid ducked Jokic yeah, seemingly. No, but I think Embiid still is going to get. Actually, let me get that for me right now before we go. What's your power ranking now of the MVP? I would have. I would quick give one, two, Embiid three. one, Giannis two, Jokic three. That's I think exactly where I'm at. I think and I think exactly it's fair. I think yeah, I think Giannis I needs want, to get more consideration. He's been getting it as of late, but he's been like they they'll probably they might win sixty games again. Um, so it'd be and then it could be Giannis' third, but I think Embiid will win it just because of the fact that he's been second twice. He's gotten close. It's kinda like Harden. 
Um, I mean, Harden deserved that they won 65 games that year, too. So it wasn't like he didn't deserve it. But they got to the second twice and then finally getting over that hump and winning his deserved MVP that he definitely deserves. And B deserves it yeah. this year. Wouldn't be mad at Giannis giving it, but if it's neck and neck and you got to give it to one, I'd give it to Embiid even if he didn't show up to the Nuggets game. And it's not even the fact that he missed the Nuggets game. It's the fact that he was – I think it was the same day an article came out where he was talking shit about how much he shows up, how he doesn't stat pad, this and that. And then, oh, it's Nuggets Sixers, which, by the way, I was revolving my whole day around. And yeah. then two hours before, oh, Embiid's out. Cool. Great. Thanks, Embiid. But, yeah, no, I'd have the same exact power ranking. Embiid won, Giannis two, Jokic three and I wanna, as of today. Well, hold on. But I'm going to do this outro again because I, I interrupted got you myself. This time. Oh, I got you this time. Again. I'm only going to say that just because I did I, start, I did shoot the first episode of the whole series, the top 15 MVPs over the oh, last, shit, yeah, since even, the merger. Uh, fun. It was definitely very interesting. So go check that out. It's on our channel as well, and I will be coming out. One will be coming out every week on Monday at around 10 a.m. Monday. So we'll be dropping one one episode per week for 10 weeks. It should be finishing up around mid-June, so around NBA Finals time. And none of these seasons will get on it because I already made my list, so they do not <laughs> they do not get it. But I, I've got a lot of MVP knowledge and a lot of season knowledge now, having to sift through 50 years of MVPs. Yeah, I'm already ready to debate it, and I've only seen 15 yeah. or 14 in the honorable mentions. So I'm very, very intrigued to see what the rest of this list looks like. But I'm already ready to debate. So Absolutely. It's going to be – I was going to say, any time, if got. you want to say, if we need to bring it up on here, if you see one, you're like, okay, Keen, let's talk about this, and we can talk about it for sure. Oh, I'm sure I will re- – I am sure we'll react. I'm sure I will be part oh, absolutely. of one or absolutely. two episodes. But I am – Positive, I will have some reaction. That's for sure. I said I'm positive. I will Absolutely. have some reaction. So, that's um, for sure. action. So, I do have a question. Did you have a problem with 15 or 14? Just got to check in. No problems. I'm just, I just need to see the rest of the list because I was very surprised not to see 2018 Harden on there and as an honorable mention. Uh, well, you. That's, well, you were, that's you were surprised how low I had Giannis? No, 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 no. Well, that too, actually, yeah. Yeah. Well, I need to see I need to see where the other Giannis season is. But Harden, Harden yeah, not see, being on the list. That was that, I was, that was one that. of the ones but that I was like, I gotta people see, are probably gonna see I, and be like, oh, why is Harden not on that list? But when you go th- when you see the fifteen I gotta see at least up to I got to see at least up to 10 because, you know, it's a lot of years. It's a lot of years. So I got to at least see up to 10 and then I can I can really talk my shit if need be. But immediately when you said, oh, honorable mention, 2018 James Harden, I was like, damn. And then you had Giannis. I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to when you rest. see it, it'll make rest. more sense. This is – I didn't realize how many great years there were. I mean, like I knew how many great years there were, but I didn't realize how how great of George Mike yeah, and I'm sure he one. was before the merger. He was after the merger, but I uh, I didn't realize how many great like individual seasons there were 
until I went through and was like in depthly looked at him. It's like okay, so I know Mike has five MVPs. I know Kareem has six. I know Braun has four. Magic has three. Bird has three. Like I know these guys and how many they have, and I knew that they've put up some numbers. But when I really looked into them, I was like, oh, oh. And then obviously there's some of the one-offs that are like really good seasons too. I don't want to give too much away, but there's some of the like one-time MVPs where you're like, oh, that is a season. So it's really interesting. It'll be really interesting to see. I'm excited to, I want to just give it all at once, but obviously I like how I'm doing it. It's a little format. So they're going to be quicker videos, getting a couple out, going in depth on them. So you kind of get builds anticipation for it as well. So yeah, absolutely. And you'll be on, I think I have it already planned out. The two that I'm going to ask you to be on. I already have it planned out. What are they? Uh, I guess you could, I guess you can't really say that. Cause then you'll, um, I can tell you, I mean, I could, I can, can tell I mean, me I can, off the air. I can tell you the numbers. Tell me off it should the air. be, it'll be, um, numbers, uh, I believe 11, 10, and I believe it's going to be, uh, seven, eight, or eight, seven. 11, 10, and then it'd be seven, six. It'll be the two that I have you on for. I, and you don't need to know who. Interesting. Are, yeah. Those will be the ones. Interesting. Interesting. 11 and 12 is coming up very yeah. soon. I was going to okay. say, we got, we got right. uh, 13, 12, and it'll be 11, 10 would be that one, and it'll be 9, 8, and it'll be 7, 6 will be that one. So it'll be 11, 10, 7, 6 will be the two that I'm in my head right now that I have for you. All right. Well, Keenan, congrats to you. Can't wait to see more. Can't Absolutely. wait to be a part of this. Um, can't wait to argue. Absolutely. One of my favorite activities, so debate. Uh We'll be signing off here. It's 12.30 over here. I'm going to get some shut-eye, as they say in the streets. So Warner Brothers Podcast, like, subscribe, follow, all that. We'll be back next week in full effect. Uh, Keenan, great talking to you, as Absolutely. always. You get some rest. Absolutely. Do your homework, whatever you got to do over there. Esteban Ramos, congrats to you, boy. We're out of here.